Hello and welcome to Audio Gyan, an Indian podcast for those interested in design, philosophy and arts. Audio Gyan documents thoughts, ideas and insights from known and unknown gems of India who have done some remarkable work in their field of interest. Visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. All right, we are back in a new episode of Audio Gyan and I have uh, Vikram Galot with us who uh in the part 1 uh we had a brilliant conversation with respect to education and other things and uh this podcast uh will be more towards uh slightly understanding the indian space of uh education so uh, thank you vikram for giving us your time and welcome back on audio gyan awesome to be back here kedar yeah uh so where do we pick this up from shall we do a summary of what we uh, looked at last time or just dive into it straight from where we left it off if you want to summarize yeah like because well, there were like lot of thoughts going yeah, on yeah let's just continue actually yeah yeah, yeah. sure uh, obviously we have spent a, like endless nights discussing about overall mediocrity in in the indian space which is happening or for that matter anywhere in the world i mean there are these like top 5% of the people doing some great work and really uh, uh setting the uh, tone for the rest of the generations to come um so why there is such mediocrity overall in the market is it because of the education system or is it because of other other social mm. factors mm. like what mm. what is your take on that so see kedar i think what we are doing here is philosophy right because the question why mm. has uh, is the one that is going to come up probably uh most often when you have a discussion on education there are a lot of things wrong with it Correct. if you look at india and there are going to be a lot of whys which do not have easy answers hmm. which is the preserve of philosophy to go really deep into the whys mm-hmm. and if uh, i think this is a better way to connect to the previous episode actually hmm. because here i'm reminded of uh, what we were talking about earlier hmm. so let us say before any good answers to whys can come hmm. you need some depth and width in subjects in the background okay now in this day and age where education has become sort of a thing for consumption certification hmm and which is directly linked to the jobs that you can get hmm it does not lead lend itself that easily to taking that time to go really deep into the whys of thing hmm. so yeah. philosophy in that sense is dead but whenever a man goes deeply into something hmm. philosophy is happening Correct. so it's happening in a classroom every day in this world everywhere yeah but it's probably dead as such in the system which is production oriented yeah one of the subjects which has died a big death is history right we hmm. were talking about it hmm. this whole problem of india goes back to the fact that we don't know our history hmm. as a country at all hmm. as a matter of fact india was born only in 1947 i mean there's there's no india before that hmm. a different thing yeah all right which But, is not uh, accurate actually right yeah i mean this whole thing that people call india and its problems hmm. is a story that starts from 1947 correct, correct. but it has roots going back hmm, hmm, hmm. so india let's say let's assume that everyone has watched three idiots and amir khan hmm all right so let's make that assumption even if you haven't hmm. i think it will uh, encapsulate india's problems very accurately by uh, first of all dividing india up into uh, let us say uh, about 23 of the per- percent of the population is 
below the poverty line hmm. according to a poverty line that was sort of shifted to make fewer people come under it and thus show better government performance <laughs> yeah hmm. they keep doing it all the time hmm. all these committees hmm. tendulkar i think whatever hmm. you know let's not go there right now yeah. 23% are struggling for survival hmm. but my own take on that would be 40% okay let's just put 40% people over there directly hmm. Hmm. or i don't know 50 hmm. and then all that you are left with is probably some other strugglers who are doing better but who are struggling from week to week instead of day to day then hmm. there's this middle class that we are talking about hmm. and then there's this elite let's not talk about them hmm. uh, i don't think we're talking about them today no 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 right no definitely not it's nothing wrong with being elite or talking about people who are elite mm-hmm. but this whole education of question of education i think has many other questions before we come to them mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're doing fine i mean ambani's son is doing fine mm. as far as education is concerned i i understand yeah. or we'll see later mm. if he isn't he can get in touch with me mm. uh but anyway so where we mm. uh so we were at this middle class poor and whatever yeah this is the major section of the society and then there is urban versus rural hmm. if you look at india hmm. but overall the problem of the production oriented approach is much more obvious in a country like india hmm. which accounts for a vast for a disproportionately huge percentage of the world's labor force hmm. as opposed to the world's inventor force hmm. india has its place in the world as a developed country with a lot of people with arms and legs hmm. although that whole pre- premise is coming up for questioning today as rajshree was mentioning earlier hmm. that uh, you know what's going on with jobs hmm. and uh, unfortunately manufacturing is also not creating a lot of jobs yeah. and agriculture was supposed to be dead like a long time ago hmm. and you're just doing the last rites of agriculture right now mm-hmm. you know people will leave it hmm. and then come to manufacturing but now there are no jobs in manufacturing also hmm. now services there is a story hmm. but no apparent increase hmm. they are already accounting for a lot of job growth yeah. but that's what there is marginal now that is also being heard by ai and also now they're all panicking mm-hmm. which is again another interesting area to panic about mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know let's look at what are the basics that are wrong mm. so where were we uh, we were talking about uh, we were talking about like why there is so mediocrity in the market yeah, so overall yeah so india so india let us first of all understand 1/6 of the world's population mm. 16% ke dar mm. 16 to 17% of the world's population india correct what percentage of the world's income do you think just take a guess uh sorry i have no number you have to take a guess just take any r- random guess i mean it's less than 10% most people yeah i mean it is less than 3% Oh, so okay. population 16% your peep and your income is 3%. Hmm. So do you understand that if this was a colony what would India be what would that section of India be like? Hmm, hmm, hmm. It's definitely not the nice houses. Yeah. It's a smaller houses more people. Hmm correct. Sort of slums of hmm. the world as well. Hmm. hmm. So what kind of education system will prosper if you leave it to market forces? Hmm. And if you do not leave it to the government to do Uh, to make some plans for the future hmm. do it with consensus do it with transparency track it long term 
Let's forget it. Let's completely forget a government in India doing that right now. Hmm. How it can do it, we can talk about sometime. Hmm. Hmm. But that's not happening. So the public system is broken, and the rural system is directly connected to the public system. Hmm. So we are talking about a whole lot of government schemes. Shall we go into that today? How they are managing that problem? But before we do that, let's understand very clearly hmm. uh, that in the last episode we looked at how the business lobby. will only treat you as labor correct right they've got their business to run right now and what they want is hmm. all sorts of labor hmm. and uh, most white collar will also fall into that category hmm. if you look at how elite the elite are hmm. for, for for them you are labor hmm. right uh, everyone is labor so they just want supply hmm. of labor they don't care about anything beyond that so if you run mark, let market forces exclusively run the entire system hmm. not just directly through teaching methodology in schools uh, when corporates sit there and dictate what kind of jobs are created these are management decisions that are made these jobs are not created in factories mm-hmm. you know a lot of people say modi created 100000 jobs mm, uh, someone India. created mm. how many jobs i don't know everyone says nobody creates jobs mm. entrepreneurs sit in boardrooms and create jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> they talk to each other and say let's hire a guy mm. who does this mm-hmm. Okay, mm. so uh, when you're talking about jobs, if you look at the labor market, industrialists are very happy doing what they're doing mm. with some sort of monopoly rights over whatever they've got, mm. their markets, their resources, and uh, just getting a steady stream of predetermined skill sets and people who will work from nine to five every day. Mm-hmm. That's the model that works for them. Mm. But if governments were to look at it long term, what is the potential of our people? Mm. So do we agree? that education ultimately is about saying what potential do we have to be the best that we are as a collective mm. as a society uh, mm. be it i mean a small group or a big one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's what education is correct yeah it is chomsky calls it indoctrination mm-hmm. uh there are others who have defined it in different manners another way to look at it is uh, tran- the transfer of knowledge from one generation to the other mm. So this big problem that people have with theory, by the way, Kedar, mm-hmm. in India, if you talk to people, everyone is very clear that theory is the problem. They teach too much theory in school. Mm. So I'm starting a new school, okay, mm. and I want you to send your kids to that school. Mm. Are we good with that? Shall yeah. I tell you what the school is about? Yeah, please. So this school will have no theory, no textbooks. Are you happy? Yeah, everyone in India is happy. I wouldn't be particularly very happy, but yeah, it's a good. Uh, in India, everyone should be happy because all that they find wrong is theory. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. so you send your kid to my school. There are no books, no bags, no subjects, mm. nothing in my school. Mm. Only every child, when you come to school, you are given two things, mm. which are stones. Okay, so you got it. Just two stones. Two stones. Everyone is given two stones, and that's the entire fourteen-year plan of schooling. So they will bang the stones together maybe to then there will be a spark uh. then a fire will build hmm. or catch somehow hmm. and then they'll invent everything in terms of technological change that we talked about through those 14 years oh wow and that's not happening so that is why we are trying to do some theory mm-hmm. but the whole problem is that theory a is not accompanied by a practical understanding of how are jobs connected to it how is work connected to it hmm. so teachers know nothing about actual professions because they have never done a job from another but sorry profession. i'll 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 cut you here and if you give stones you are essentially asking the student to do it all over again exactly 
but why when we can like live on the giants uh, who have done some work so that is exactly what i'm saying hmm. that it is impractical to suggest a purely practical school correct hmm, hmm, you hmm, need hmm. theory okay hmm, hmm. yeah Yeah. and theory is extremely important hmm. so theory is wrong diagnosis of the problem hmm. philosophical error okay so people who are cribbing about theory about uh, just being theoretical yes. is uh, are partially wrong they are completely wrong because it is impractical to have a purely practical school theory oh. is really important but first of all you need to ask somebody you need exposure hmm. then you need to ask a child what is your theory about it hmm that theory needs to be brought out hmm. that is a pedagogy that is a way of teaching which is very common hmm. uh, not common hmm. but which is Used well known common. Yeah. it is well known that this is the way it works best hmm. you ask a child what is your hypothesis hmm. what is your theory and you really worry a child with that question hmm. all right they'll come up with fascinating hypothesis if you care to listen 5 hmm. year olds and 25 year olds and others also hmm. and then you tell them okay here's this guy who thought exact listen there's this guy who thought exactly almost like you did hmm. half of the times it happens that they think like so called great people did hmm, hmm. if you really ask them to make a hypothesis hmm, hmm, hmm. human minds work like that correct and then uh once that hypothesis is made hmm. you know uh, about uh, whatever it is you tell them how other people have thought theoretically but you also have to connect it with how work happens in the world mm -hmm. unfortunately our system you can't blame teachers for it mm -hmm. because teachers are supposed to be just specialists as teachers mm -hmm. and that's the specialist problem affecting us right now mm -hmm. which is why i think generalists are in demand right now mm -hmm. are they i don't know yeah i think i would be a generalist so yeah, uh, yeah. and i am not much in demand but anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah same here uh, bro mm -hmm. so anyway uh practical has to accompany theory hmm. but how can it accompany theory when a teacher himself has never been examined practically mm -hmm. so if i were to become education minister of india today hmm. the first thing that i would do is ask every teacher to take an exam hmm. and pass it and be suspended if they do not pass it okay and to then design a question paper mm -hmm. which actually tests application mm -hmm. and then ask them all right you teach everyone that an equilateral triangle has three sides hmm. how does it relate to anything in the real world hmm. can you tell them what anything about the engineering profession that understands understanding angles and triangles no no you can't no is this the problem of the teachers are they to blame no no this is a production oriented system that was made with you know like a factory works uh, thoughts yeah with departments doing very specific work and hmm. teachers have thousands of constraints mm -hmm. within these constraints some teachers managed to do some great work mm -hmm. like you were mentioning an example of sir who sends his students to the uh, washroom and asks them to take measurements mm -hmm. when he was uh, actually trying to teach them interior design and architecture yeah and get little kids to get practically involved yeah but theory practical is all fine mm. ultimately when students come to me uh, at an mba kind of platform mm. by that time yes there is this uh, bias towards theory practically nobody has any idea because nobody had any idea when anyone was teaching mm -hmm. they have all the wrong ideas about professions etc etc mm. but the crowd that i get let's agree is 95% middle class mm. extremely poor people are not coming mm. and elite people are also not coming mm. all right mm. 
those are the ones that hire mbas hmm. so <laughs> <laughs> they don't come to study at mba coaching hmm. institutes right hmm. and uh, we try and do a good job with the kids hmm. but with most before you can teach them subjects or uh, you can think about thinking hmm. or think about things like philosophy history research design hmm. which i think are common skills that every professional has to be good at correct anyone who is good is because he's or she is good at all four and your hmm. own hmm. area right hmm. correct research yeah. is important design is important communication and design we can club in one yeah. ethics is one yeah that we'll we'll which is we'll, a different we'll, question yeah, we'll, altogether yeah we'll not yeah, get into that for right another now. day maybe but yeah. as part of education maybe ethics is really important mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, to touch upon mm. and the role of religion as well yeah so actually i would like to uh, take your thoughts and uh, ponder more upon uh, things which we were discussing earlier yeah. uh, is about like if the system is uh, not designed properly uh there are again two more things which are obviously seen uh very um evidently seen from students is that the exam system which we have uh the or the marking or the grading system yeah, which we have yeah, uh, yeah. in the in the that uh, is the second most common complaint in india after theory theory hmm. so the first uh, problem is theory 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 hmm. which i think is misunderstood hmm. i think let's close that question actually yeah. of theory versus practical yeah let's close it at it's not about theory versus practical theory and practical have to go together correct at the same time the teacher has to make connections with real world work and professions and tell people listen yeah this is how it is going to connect which is to a certain Fine. extent uh, in the earlier podcast which you said about apprenticeship and the practical apprenticeship and that kind of yeah. an approach but the problem is such teachers are missing from the scene hmm. so are there such teachers in this world is my question to everyone i think there are but there should be more i think that's okay there can be more and hmm. my solution for that hmm. so there there that is one place where i have a prescription hmm. my point is that a kedar nimkar today is he a great guy hmm. to be teaching at a college or at a school would he be a great guy yeah yeah i mean education is something which i'm i think you about. like teaching yeah yeah and you're passionate about education and design and a bunch of other fields yeah so it would be great to get a class 10 student to get some time with you hmm. do you need kedar nimkar to teach class 6 students every day and be their class teacher not no. really his skill set yeah. is different it could be like a visiting faculty yes yeah. but can he spend one hour in a week with children in uh, class 6 yeah sometimes yeah. in yes, a different yes. school sometimes in a different school yes and try and you know charm them mm-hmm. or inspire them or make them go crazy about or get them really interested in his field mm. or at least make them sensitive about the real world application so that is one uh, connection that i want to make going forward this year uh, mm. that is on the plate so i'll be uh, starting a series of workshops mm. around the whole mba question mm. but that is a direction in which probably i will go this year hmm. uh creating a platform where uh, we act as sort of a bridge between industry professionals okay and people who want to learn something hmm hmm so getting these industry professionals excited and interested is really difficult hmm it's not that they don't have time hmm they are busy people 
but you know sometimes if you give them such offers they're like i would love to do such a session because my job is boring correct <laughs> okay. no i think so, to a certain extent the alumni do this uh, contribution back to the society by coming back to colleges and uh, i don't know whether schools no uh, this is not going to work in the way it does right now uh, to one extent it can but when an alumnus comes back i remember a doctor came to our school one day who was a product of our school hmm. i was in class 10 i had a bunch of questions for him hmm. ultimately all that that he told us was how hard we had to study to clear those exams hmm. and uh, how a doctor's life was worth it hmm. i wish you know when i was a little child kedar hmm. people used to ask me uh, what profession is it uh, that you uh, want what are you going to be when you grow up hmm. Hmm? Hmm. when i was a kid my only answer was th- the same answer every time was I don't know what I'm going to become but I know I'm not going to become a doctor who is going to sit in a room and have sick people come and talk to you all the time every day of your life. Hmm. Someone is going to cough in your face, someone is going to spit in your face. I was a little kid, okay? Mm-hmm. But I wish at that time a doctor had come and told me that diagnosis is the most important part of a doctor's job hmm. and his job is actually like a detective's hmm. when it comes to diagnosis. Hmm. and now you know kedar i've gotten really interested in medicine you know that mm-hmm. and on my own i've been studying a little bit of it mm-hmm. yeah i am mm. so excited about it as a detective uh, sub, uh, a, a detect a subject of detection mm-hmm. let's not go to philosophy again mm. but yeah you're asking why mm. and uh, that's a doctor's job so if someone had told me that in school mm. the way i looked at my biology classes So you understand that if it is a production oriented and certification oriented approach mm. that is not going to happen mm. is the private sector can it do something about it mm. i think at various levels people can do something about it rural india people say that because the public system is broken mm. and there are no budgets for a poor country like india mm. we can't have a public education system you tell me kedar is it possible for me to identify bright talent at every village in india maybe uh work with them across uh, a few centers not one hmm. and ultimately they go back to their villages and set up schools as uh, private entrepreneurs hmm. why do the ambanis have to build a hospital for us to say you know this one village did well because of a hospital or why do the tatas have to in the name of uh, social uh, or what do they call it these days csr mm-hmm. yeah in the name of csr someone has to go and build a school Can't you make sure that every village in India has one world-class trained person? What kind of money will people pay in those villages? Mm-hmm. What world are we living in today? Mm-hmm. So where is this government scholarship that every girl in India, every village in India should have a girl who has probably gone to one of the finest institutions mm-hmm. either in India or the world mm-hmm. and who can come back and be an inspiration and it will take a moment for them to change. Yeah. I mean it I don't know it's borderline leftist well but... uh those are the only examples across history that's yeah. my problem once again with the discussions of politics where left versus right happens mm-hmm. is that people have no background in history mm-hmm. so they are, they can't discuss kerala they can't discuss gujarat they can't discuss west bengal they can't discuss the soviet union mm-hmm. that whole chapter on history is missing so maybe we'll write a book about it okay yeah, sure. but there are enough books already i'll design it for you <laughs> yeah. so the problem kedar that we have to finish off with with marks and exams is that that was your original question 
marks are important as a teacher i have to know hmm. if i was working in the guru shishya parampara i would not have 50000 students i would have three students but i would make them tough as diamonds hmm. and then they can cut 5000 glasses hmm. otherwise you know no point creating 500000 people who are doing yogasans wrong hmm. but today my point is if a teacher has to deal at some scale hmm. the teacher has to evaluate students hmm. how much progress have they made hmm. okay hmm. Mm. also uh, they have to evaluate who is catching up slowly who is catching up fast so that they can plan for the students future hmm. and something like marks is not the big villain hmm. there has to be some quantitative assessment if you are dealing with a certain number of students hmm, correct okay yeah. the problem is not with marks the problem is with the question paper hmm. i went to delhi university so let me tell you about my mathematics degree hmm. delhi university mathematics my first two years my percentage was 86% hmm. which is good hmm. above average hmm. and topper is 96 i think at that time hmm. i went to an im ahmedabad interview i was literally thrown out hmm. and they said we are going to take your degree back because you are illiterate at mathematics hmm. now you tell me how is it possible hmm. that if i was illiterate at mathematics hmm. uh, i had 86% i did not cheat hmm. how was it possible how could it have been possible you are they meant what they must have meant by illiterate is like not meeting the potential or their cut off uh, what they meant was that i did not know my abcds and i was i admit to that being true also hmm. after my exams i did not remember a single thing i mean all of that was gone mm-hmm. it was there in my head just for the exams hmm. but why do you think i could score 86 because i had access to a great book hmm. you are from bombay so probably you do not know of this book hmm. if you are in delhi university hmm. and you have great marks hmm. it does not mean that you are good at your subject hmm. it means that you bought a book 2 weeks before the exam hmm. it is called guide 10 years Achha. guide 10 years question papers okay, okay. so you just look at the last 10 years question papers hmm. and you will score whatever it is that you can score with your ability no mm. problem the mm. entire paper is lifted out of the last 10 years mm-hmm. engineering colleges every professor's own book is the one from which questions are going to come in the paper mm-hmm. so that book will sell okay and uh, that is how uh, people will get marks mm. if you make a question paper something that really tests somebody's basic understanding of a concept and its applications mm. then you get a furor like what happened in the 12th class exam of chemistry or physics i don't remember hmm. it was the paper like that it was a good paper mm-hmm. it really tested whether somebody understood something or today one problem is that a lot of maths has taken over every subject mm-hmm. we'll come to it later mm-hmm. understanding concepts and doing maths are different things mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but even with that physics paper parents were protesting across the country saying the future of our kids is at stake their mark sheets will be ruined this year so the parents also do not are not ready to listen to this conversation mm-hmm. they are as much victims of the system as much as the victimizers right now mm-hmm. they wanted to carry on in this with this momentum because they are already invested in it mm-hmm. and it offers a hard and clear path saying that if xyz goes on to an engineering college he or she will become an engineer and that's it so this discomfort with ambiguity we need marks hmm. but it would not be a problem if people were being tested in a different manner and if the testing was done more in the spirit of assessment how many assessments are you doing in a year hmm. huh 
बट फॉरगेट मार्क्स द क्वेश्चन पेपर कम्स फर्स्ट बट बिफोर वी टॉक अबाउट द क्वेश्चन पेपर इन एटलीस्ट इन द गुरु शिष्य परंपरा यू आर नेवर टोल्ड इफ यू आर बींग टेस्टेड इट वॉज कंसिडर्ड स्टूपिड टू टेल समन दैट ही और शी वॉज बींग टेस्टेड टेस्ट इज अ टेस्ट इफ यू डोंट नो टेस्ट इज हैपनिंग ऑल राइट एंड दैट इज वेयर it all keeps coming back to teachers hmm. teachers 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 hmm. how do you get people who are passionate about learning so the problem with teachers is you will not get these passionate people hmm. you will only get them if you offer projects and you need the framework of a project hmm. so the theme of apprenticeship comes back again hmm. i was hmm. talking to my dad a uh, few days ago and i said in india so dad had this radical idea after hearing me on this hmm. he said after class 12 everyone should have to work for 2 years somewhere hmm. at an entry level job hmm. that is why in terms of entrepreneurship although india has more entrepreneurs hmm. but the biggest companies of the world are american hmm. every pandukan in india is an entrepreneur correct but why are the 500 fortune 500 company i mean look at the 500 biggest companies of the world and it's mm. america mm. because every kid in america has set up at least a nimbu lemon stand a lemon stand during summers and sold it for some cents mm-hmm. they got it out of their systems that they could just sit inside a classroom and score some marks and get a job mm. so i believe that what happened with india was that indira gandhi failed us big time mm. she turned it into a communist i mean supposedly communist uh, nation in the name of a socialist nation mm. but we were standing in lines mm. uh, to get a bajaj scooter there was 8 months waiting list and then black in the market mm. yeah so it was practically a communist uh, camp mm. running in the country during indira gandhi's times mm-hmm. and my understanding of history is that it led, led to such a dark spell mm. of uh, this belief in the middle class that the only way that you could go f- progress hmm. was to shut yourself yourself up in a room and study for 12 hours and clear some exam hmm. because for entrepreneurs i mean we're not talking about license raj today hmm. neither are we talking about that government's policies and how they were carried out hmm. because the economics of it is different from the politics of it correct okay but one thing is very clear that it had this huge scarring effect on the indian mindset hmm. so before we make any conclusions about our country let us understand that 300 years ago or 5 400 years ago in the 5000 history of year old history of the world hmm. at the time of akbar or even later hmm. 1600s also when the east india company had just come hmm. or 1700s hmm. india was about 20% 21% of the global population hmm. and 25% of the income or the economy hmm. or the gdp gdp yeah and today india is 16% of the world's population and 3% so clearly we are not going to get an education system where we are going to be pampered what the economists of the world are telling us is get ready to become the next labor capital of the world that mm. is your strength mm. you are uneducated and young and the best that can happen for you is factory if factories open up in india unfortunately our labor is not as obedient as china's labor mm. so today china's labor prices are higher than india's way higher mm. but two things are difficult in india labor laws and land acquisition mm. so when modi came into power these were the first two things that he tried to do mm. but he pushed them through an ordinance mm. and that ordinance did not last a long time 
with the labor laws uh, also there was a strike of trade unions across the country mm. and land acquisition i'm sure you know mm. that it got stuck across both houses now that they have a majority in rajya sabha maybe they'll push it through mm. but unless even if they fix land unless they fix labor it will not happen mm. so what the capitalist free market wants india to become mm. is its labor supplier and that's how your education is supposed to happen for some of us if we can drive that change from within people like us and others who are already working on it i mean you and i are hardly i'm i'm just doing my job these days and not doing anything revolutionary mm-hmm. you're doing i think much better stuff if i look at your podcast to begin with mm-hmm. but it's a start for me as well to be here with you today mm-hmm. but either it can be people who with their own initiative it comes from the private sector but honestly unless you gov- get governments which are making huge impact so over there i'm a fan of delhi's education minister mm. not maybe today not a great time to talk about details people can can read on cora or mm. wherever mm. ha huh? but uh, there are these models where if governments are intervening some amazing changes have happened mm. finland which is number 1 in the world today in the education index mm. we can debate the index but finland was number 39 how many years ago I don't know, and they are a great case study, mm. and that is where Delhi's uh, teachers went mm. for trainings. I'm not saying they picked everything up from mm. Finland and implemented it here, mm. but if governments have will for education, it hardly requires this budgets list. at this stage. Yeah. It requires some kind of work, and it requires voters to ask their governments to focus on education and vote accordingly. Mm. as long as uh, voting is going to happen on the basis of i don't know whatever it is happening on the basis of right now mm. you can forget about education it will be left to ngos concerned individuals institutions that since the beginning of time i mean these have been the bedrocks of humanity mm. that is the only ray of light otherwise to look at yeah oof i think uh, yeah i mean this was quite intense and <laughs> and a lot of uh, i have strong views on the subject yeah, so yeah. and it will never end yeah <laughs> uh so vikram i would like to actually conclude with one last question because i understand there are a lot of things to be discussed and probably we'll have few more episodes uh, discussing education in general but this one uh, i had not uh, informed you about it's yeah, slightly yeah. a a, a surprise the- question <laughs> yeah uh, which is very very close to me because uh, whatever i have seen uh, and also seen with my guru shishya uh, parampara style is that if teachers keep teaching the same thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there is a there's a maths class mm-hmm. where they have to teach whatever like yeah uh, yeah basic uh, equilateral triangle yeah right? yeah what is the so, challenge for them you're saying yeah i mean if they are teaching the same thing over and over again and in fact this is what i i learned uh, when i did a recent interview with uh, professor shri kumar also who's the head of idc uh, his concepts uh, and his audio gan overall was uh, very focused towards a newcomer in the industry or some someone who's a mm, slightly mm. aspiring designer mm-hmm, so there mm-hmm. there is there learning happening within the teacher also mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. grow and to keep up with the market It reminds me of this uh, quote by noam chomsky again uh, mm. so of course i'm a big fan mm. and what he says is if you're teaching the same thing mm. over the last 5 years i mean if it has been 5 years mm. and you're teaching the same thing in your classroom mm. either the subject is dead hmm. or you are okay 
as a teacher ha <laughs> 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 so one thing is there it's not no, about it, novelty it, no sorry but is this connected to the social society level constraints also because it's also like whom you are teaching to right no If, i mean as a teacher i would say that first of all your your first duty towards yourself to be successful as a teacher hmm. is to make it interesting for yourself correct if you are not going to plan to make it interesting for yourself hmm uh it's you're not going to last in this work hmm or you're going to last as in this work as a zombie hmm you know you'll be a zombie you'll do your thing hmm but if you're going to stay engaged and you're going to do good work hmm then the first question is that of what is this uh, what are the important questions that you're working on with your students in terms of research before even their marks their results etc etc what are your research topics if you've got relevant research topics 5 mm-hmm. years later your content is going to be different, different. Mm-hmm. and this can happen across right from junior kg also absolutely right? this has to be instilled and ingrained from junior kg mm-hmm. where what is this research project i mean mm-hmm. okay maybe not junior kg but as soon as they are capable of forming sentences or ideas mm-hmm. about things and starting to understand the world mm-hmm. mini projects are the framework on which any any soft subject can only be taught on the framework of something hard mm-hmm. so when in your guru shishya parampara or in india's uh, literary traditions when you have a kabir das mm. who's a julaha or somebody who works as a weaver on a loom mm. and he has lot of metaphorical references and allegories which talk about the weaver and the soul hmm. and how the soul is made of diaphanous material hmm. uh, these are not just metaphors it is a fact that because of being a perfectionist at his work he started understanding spiritual truths hmm. because what you understand in your work applies at other places also hmm. and what you spend doing your i mean what you spend half of your time hmm. or more than that hmm. of your awake hours is your work Hmm. So this modern idea of let me leave my brains at home and report to my job hmm. where I will do this given work for some time and be obedient hmm. like I was in school hmm. only means that you'll be stuck somewhere in mediocrity for a pretty long time hmm. no matter what money you make um, you'll not do justice to your potential for sure hmm. you might get a little more money at times by squeezing it out or because hmm. of other environmental factors hmm. um but that is not work so the spirit of work got destroyed mm. at least that is the leftist so called leftist agenda mm. but with the industrial revolution kedar you will be surprised to know that today the concept of a job that we understand mm. and i am sure you will agree that no matter what definition of education it has to contain employment mm. in the future mm. it might not just be employment that's the goal i think but employment is definitely an important part of it and the society is concerned also about it mm. i mean you need people to take over a generation's knowledge and take it forward mm. and keep the machines running and the system humming mm. all right do it mm. uh but when we talk about employment mm. the concept of a job which is very standard today mm. where papa goes from 9 to 5 mm. he's gone and he's not particularly in love with his job mm. as a matter of fact he comes back home and says finally i'm you know rid of that place mm. and no work calls and nothing mm. now this is family time mm. okay great i mean that's a model but this was never a model till 150 years ago mm. chattel slavery was considered almost as bad as wage slavery mm. and that is the word it was 
known by mm-hmm. in the early industrial times of Massachusetts and uh, the very early phases of the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first workers mm-hmm. who were working in the factory very felt very keenly that their soul was being pulled out. uh because they were being they were no longer in charge of their work mm-hmm. even if you were a journeyman or a carpenter or a tailor mm-hmm. you had the freedom to decide your work hours mm-hmm. or your work rhythms i mean you could go for a week to your wife's village uh for someone's wedding and then come back and take up work or take up orders accordingly mm-hmm. but as soon as you were working for a multinational there were no longer these rhythms of work and you were no longer an entrepreneur in charge mm-hmm. or a skilled person in charge of his or own work proud mm-hmm. of his or own work this is brilliantly shown in modern times also ah of the course Tuffins, of yeah. course mm-hmm. so that is that is the one big departure so at that time chomsky says that factory girls actually hired people to read to them as they sewed dresses Ooh. so they wanted to be up there with in terms of knowledge and education they were like we are not going to let this dehumanize us mm. as a matter of fact i mean we'll have to come to the media mm. but let's not go there but it is very i mean it is disproportionately less well known that in this in this early phase there were workers who organized themselves and ran a much tighter ship and a very healthy community Mm-hmm. So it is not to be assumed that a factory has to have an assembly line and only then will production be good. Mm-hmm. There are enough alternate models mm-hmm. which we might have to save for a discussion on business one of these days. Yeah. But there are well-known models like Maverick the book from uh, yeah. the book written by Ricardo Semler. Semler, yeah. Just a Wikipedia look at his at this page should be enough to tell us. Yeah. That I've assemb- heard is like I I read book after you recommended it yeah oh you did yeah oh. not the entire book ah, but yeah awesome yeah. awesome so I what I understand is that the assembly line was not made because it was the most efficient process it was made because it controls people hmm. it makes them accountable and that's good in a way hmm. but what it turned eventually your job into was one part of a big machine hmm. you'd never there was never any accountability accountability in the system. to explain to you what you were doing how it mattered in the bigger picture mm. did you have any empowerment in deciding what was to be done or while it was being done to give some feedback or were you supposed to just do what you were told to which i think is today's schooling today's education in one way mm. you might name a few schools kedar as you were naming earlier which have alternate methods but let's again agree mm. that that's in the domain of the elite and yeah. we'll do a show for the elite someday mm. uh, maybe Yeah. But right now the middle class needs to think where it is sending its kids and in what direction. Mm. Indira Gandhi's times are over honestly. Mm. Modi's times are here how are they going to be I don't know. Mm. But Indira Gandhi's times are over. Mm. India is not the India of pre 1991 mm. which is the most important in here in the history of India mm. since 1947. Mm. Okay. Now this is not pre 91 India. Mm. It's okay if you were born in the 70s or 80s or 60s hmm. and you have kids today but don't harass them because the time that you grew up in was completely different hmm. maybe your rules however terrible worked for those times hmm. okay but today this is going to be a disaster the country is changing the dimensions are not entirely positive hmm. by the way you know given all that leftist stuff as you understand i'm a severe critic of what was going on in the name of leftist policies mm-hmm. uh 
although i've become a little more charitable now that i'm reading history people have problems hmm. my own execution sucks so maybe indira gandhi okay we'll look at her sometime yeah maybe more critically later more critically also we'll give her some but those dark ages of india are gone hmm. but our parents are living in that fear or uh, that their kid is not going to do well unless so some exploration needs to happen only then will some interest happen hmm. only then will some hard work happen no over a period of time hmm. how can parents demand hard work out of children when they are denying them exposure hmm. and if they are denying them exposure how will kids get interested in anything hmm. once they get interested in anything kedar you name any one profession in this world hmm. legal or illegal where people have not made impact money success fame Yeah. Once there is some interest in some line, hmm. how can we hand down jobs to people? Hmm. How can we create jobs for people? People have to create jobs for themselves, hmm. but at least they need empowerment. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, I I am like really short of words to uh, comprehend what you are trying to say. Obviously, even I'll listen to this podcast over <laughs> and over again to understand. No, this is a can of worms that you are opening with education, man. Because we are yeah. going to go to a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah. I remember one quote, um, which is in Bhagavad Gita. I think which is which says, "Pari prashne na sevayasi," mm-hmm. which is uh, you don't stop with one prashna. Yeah, you pari yeah. prashna like continuously keep asking questions, and that's how you gain knowledge. The Indian tradition is that of dialogue. of philosophical investigation through dialogue and not publishing anything yeah. so that <laughs> but i'm going against, yeah i'm going against uh, i mean the one of the reasons why audio gan uh, yeah, is uh, yeah. there is because a lot of conversation in the guru shishya style used to happen in a dialogue format there yeah, was no written yeah. format as such right. and what i found is that uh, over a period of time there's there must be a lot of lost in translation and also kind of chinese whisper which happened mm-hmm. uh, in the due course of time so maybe technology so we are can, going back to the oral tradition in that sense to the yeah, but we are trying to document it through the audio let's medium document which, it i think yeah. it's a good idea yeah. as a matter of fact i think This is how I'm going to do my book. Speak it first, and then write it. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Vikram, for giving us your time, and uh, it was pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Kedar. I'll look forward to audio gyan uh, on any other occasion that we catch up. Great yeah. to have you here in Delhi and do this episode with you. Sure. Thanks. Thanks. So that's it from today's gyan session. Stay tuned for more gyan on audio gyan next week. Till then, bye. <laughs>